The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight we dive into the occult root of the Great Reset that the mainstream media wants us to believe is simply an innocent global pandemic recovery plan set up by a group of wealthy individuals. But this will be proven to be something different. With the help of well-researched historic evidence and inside documentation from the lodges of German, Swiss, and Austrian Freemasonry and the infamous Bavarian Illuminati, a dark and sinister conspiracy connected to the rise of the Fourth Reich, camouflaged as the Fourth Industrial Revolution that connects communism and the Jesuits to two German professors, Adam Weishaupt, founder of the original Illuminati, and Professor Klaus Schwab, who started the Davos Agenda founding the World Economic Forum. We will expose their plan to place the world in the hands of Cyber Satan by 2030, but will also offer practical solutions to survive the unfolding apocalypse with the groundbreaking idea of a great reject. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, EMP Shield, Solar, and EMP Protection, Rebounders, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. The website is leozagami.com, and usually I read a brief summary of each guest's biography, but tonight we have two important guests, Leo Lion Zagami and Christy Zagami. I would rather have them tell us their story. Leo and Christy, welcome to Veritas. Thank you for having us on. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. My pleasure. And I've been wanting to talk to the both of you for a very, very long time. And I think this will be as timely as it can get because there are so many things happening. And by the way, I mentioned to you, Leo, that I met uh, uh, but Timothy Alberino. Uh, last week he was on my show. And the first thing he said, by the way, I was in Rome. I spent time with Leo Zagami. And I don't know anyone else that knows more about the Vatican than he does. And I told him, guess what? I'm having him and his wife next week. And here you are. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Timothy is such a nice guy. I was on his show not so long ago. And uh, we launched actually my uh, new book, uh, Volume 7, from his show. And it's uh, going very well. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, uh, Timothy is uh, doing so well with so many people uh, that are uh, tuning his show, uh, on his show because it's a very good show. Certainly. Well, why don't we begin with your bio, both of you. Whoever wants to, to begin, I want to know your story so that we can set the stage. Okay, well, briefly, I can say I was born uh, on the 5th of March, 1970, and uh, my father was a known psychiatrist uh, who uh, worked uh, 
in in Switzerland with Meyer, who was uh, basically uh, the the guy, the left hand uh, guy of uh, Carl Gustav Jung, and later on in life, I also. Uh, discovered other connections uh, that my father had uh, from his own father's side with instead the Freemasonry. And Freemasonry entered my life when I, uh, by chance, uh, after the death of my grandfather, I was going around uh, our uh, grandparents' house and I found this uh, patent, this... Um, it, it, it was like a little booklet, basically, uh, which talked about Freemasonry, and it was a Masonic passport also. That's how they they used to have them back then. It was like a booklet Masonic passport with all the various symbols and so on. And so I went to my father and asked him what was that all about, and he started to talk to me about the Freemasons. Then uh, when I was uh, basically still around 10, 11 years old, I encountered Alistair Crowley uh, because my grandmother brought this book to my father and she said, you might want to check out Crowley is now very popular uh, in, in the US at the moment and she was living in the US. My grandmother had been uh, working for the um, for the intelligence, the military intelligence during the war. She met with my grandfather. Then they divorced uh, after, but they had my my mother. And uh, basically, I uh, ended up having a very strong connection with uh, my grandmother because she was a very particular kind of figure. She was. Uh, the PR of uh, public relations for uh, William Barrows and Brian Geisen after their uh, adventures in Morocco. She also uh, was involved with uh, uh, people who basically we we all know in the show business like their own stones uh, and and many other characters. And so I I was capable of joining from a very early age, a very colorful world, in which, though, I discovered there was something dark and sinister also. So I started to study all these things. I got initiated in my early 20s in Freemasonry and later on in the OTO and in other secret societies related with the Illuminati, especially. There wasn't any kind of Freemasonry I was initiated to when I was 23. I was inducted basically in uh, the New World Order Illuminati by Prince Gianfranco Aliata uh, di Montreal, di Montreal, and and thanks to to him, I uh, started to really know who was pulling the strings behind the scene. At the same time, I was also a very popular DJ and record producer and radio presenter, and I started also my career uh, writing uh, as a music journalist initially and uh, uh, that meant uh, that from a very early age I was also all over the world meeting uh, with very interesting and powerful people until in 2006 I decided to break from the Monte Carlo Lodge, which represented uh, this uh, important post of the Illuminati in Europe. And I started my revelations, and that cost me a lot because I was persecuted, arrested, condemned for espionage, 
and eventually I will meet my current wife. Uh, in uh, uh, 2008, uh, we met uh, on the internet. Later on, we met uh, in person in 2009, and she brought me to Japan. In Japan, actually, I started my career as a writer because up until then, I focused very much on delivering my truths on the internet. And it wasn't easy because when I started to come out uh, with uh, the truths that embodied me, I, I was also showing evidence, of course, documents, photos, but the enemy was trolling me left, right, and center. And when they started to uh, get on my case, and then eventually I will get arrested in Norway for espionage, and I will uh, lose the possibility of seeing uh, my son from that moment onwards. So uh, because my former wife really sided with the enemy, so that was also a very big disappointment. But I went on with my project even after I was threatened, because I was literally threatened by the Norwegian authorities when I started to um, give out these truths on the internet and uh, publish uh, them on my blog, uh, which was uh, closed initially. I managed to immediately reopen it. And uh, in the end, they did exactly what they said they would do. They took from me my son and I never saw him again. I went back to Norway once. I was uh, arrested for espionage and I only managed to get out of there uh, thanks to my connections in both Italy and in the U.S., and uh, later on with my wife, my current wife, we got married. Uh, later on, we, of course, she came to, she moved to Italy and she was, she's from America. So she came all the way from the States, moved to Italy, which was a big move for her. And uh, together with her, we also started to work on getting my books published, not only in Japan, but also in other countries. Initially, I got them published in Italy. But our biggest uh, um, endeavor was to get them published in the English language, something which manifested only when I came for the first time in California in 2014, thanks to Sean Stone, the son of Oliver Stone. He uh, linked me to a, a local publisher here in California, in uh, San Francisco, and I was capable of uh, translating and publishing my first books that were translated from the Italian language. Later on, instead, we opened a new publishing company with my wife, Cursum Perficio. And this publishing company um, started basically with, with uh, me uh, publishing new books that were not necessarily written in Italian anymore. At that point, I started to write them directly in English. So volume five, six, seven were actually conceived in the um, English language. Uh, and uh, and we, we published them with our own independent publishing company. So I think I gave you an idea. I'm, a, of course, also an investigative journalist. Um, I started at a very early age, also not only in the music business, but I was interested in journalism because my grandfather was a politician, but also a journalist himself on my father's side. 
So I, I guess I followed a little bit also the talents of my family because in my family, um, my father, my grandfather on both my mother's and father's side were writers. My grandmother was a writer. So I had, basically I was surrounded by writers. So I guess it was a very natural thing for me in the end. Though it was very difficult to start with because nobody really wanted me to express these truths, especially in my family. My wife was really important because she sided with me and she protected me from uh, from what uh, even my own family wanted to do against me, which is sad, but that's uh, how it was. So I guess I gave you a full perspective of who is Leo Zagami, and please I will uh, pass on the floor to, to Christy so she can tell you more of her own life. Obviously, you had a very tumultuous life until Christy came along. She became your angel. So take over, Christy. Okay, well, um, I don't have such an illustrious bio, but um, let's see. I was born in New York, and I met Leo in my third, in my late 30s. I was going through a um, pretty bad divorce. I have, I had a teenage son and a grown son that was joining the military at the time. And so my life was pretty much um, in a transition period. We had just, um, my husband was in, my ex-husband was in the military and we just come back from Japan where I was modeling. Um, And I did pretty well there. Um, But just during this time before I met Leo, my life was kind of, um, I don't know, it was in a transition and I was actually planning on leaving my husband, my ex-husband and um, going with my son and starting a new life. But then Leo came along and um, we met on the Internet and we just hit it off right away. And it was a bad time for me to meet him because of the transition I was going through. But then a good time, too, because it really put a fire under me and uh, I was able to make all the moves that I needed to make to change my life for the better. And so uh, after we met, uh, the first time we met, I went to Rome and we hit it off. And then I went back to America and I stayed there for a while. And then I decided I I was trying to um, go back to Japan and model again. And I I asked Leo to come with me because I thought he was such a good... um, Because you were a model in Japan. Yeah, because I was a model and an actress in Japan. I was kind of trying to pick that up again because I was always a stay-at-home mother. And I didn't really have a profession besides this modeling that I did on the side. So I was just trying to make some money and I decided to do that. And so Leo came along with me because I thought that he would be such a great character and he could do so many things in Japan entertainment wise because I thought that they would really love him there but in in the end he had his own connections and um, they were with very important people and he was able to sign a book deal so that was a great thing that happened out of Japan and from then um, I'm, I moved to Italy and I started my life with Leo, ended my life in America, had to make a lot of choices and hard decisions, but I did it. And I went to um, Italy and I, I began helping Leo with his books and we started with the one in Japan and I helped him with that. And then uh, he got his book deal in, in Italy and he did those books and I was just yeah, there in Italy. Initially, the Japanese... Uh, 
had only the possibility of translating from English uh, my, yeah. my work. So I had to then translate them into English and then back into Japanese. Then later on, the Japanese assigned me a translator, which actually is a famous actor who was in the film Wolverine the Immortal, uh, Ali Amanucci, and he became my appointed Japanese translator uh, because I published six books in uh, Japan. Yeah. Japan was really great. It was a great experience, and you had a lot of success there. Um, and so, yeah, he did his books in Italian, and that's when the trouble just began really because um he was saying a lot of things that were making people very well, actually uh, actually the, the, the vatican uh, contacted me just prior to me publishing my first books in italian to offer me money to not publish them and right. that was incredible you know, with montuoro and christy can tell you more about that yeah um the first year that I spent in Italy was great. I mean, we, we had done um, our book in Japan and we had money from that because they pay you in advance and they pay you very well in Japan. Um, but then, you know, when the stuff started to come out in Italian, it just it went very wrong very quickly. It was successful. It was, it was successful. It was very successful. Um, but if you remember from the start, even your first um, conference that we had mm -hmm. up in Venice, um, I mean, we saw people stand up and, and, and heckle and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it, it kind of like it became a bestseller. And we were actually just, you know, putting this book out in Italian without really expecting much. And uh, we went up the same week the book came out. We went up for this conference in, in Venice, in Lido di Venezia, I think. And basically what happened is that... Uh, uh, when I was there, my publisher called me and said that the first edition is completely sold out. We need, you need to approve uh, for me to go on and print more. And that book became a bestseller. It was basically number one in uh, the book charts in Italy. But at the same time, I guess it, it, it created some problems because the people who previously associated with us in Italy started to have a different attitude because uh, until the books were published abroad, like in Japan, or I was uh, popular in uh, the English language, uh, that didn't really attach so much the Italians, because they don't really speak much foreign languages or English. And you went on television shows. And then, yeah, and then I started to go on TVs. No, but what do you think I, happened in, in Venice? Because obviously there's a lot of lineage in Venice. You have the, the Mala del Brentao. You have a lot of things there yeah. in Venice. Yeah. Well, we were there and there we was... We were at a particular place. We were at a particular place with a particular guy who is Baro Venturi, who is actually a member of the black aristocracy uh, from uh, a particular family that had many popes and stuff. Orsini? And, uh, sorry? Pepe Orsini? No, I will, no, no, it's, it's not an Orsini, but almost. almost. Okay. So I will not, <laughs> I will not go further into it. But I would say that he had made a movie just at that point, a movie about the connections that the Jesuits had with exorcists working on abduction. So very delicate subjects. And uh, talking also about the links that the black aristocracy had with certain entities. So, I mean, you can imagine, it wasn't really like, and you can find this movie. It's also in the English language. It came out also on a DVD in which I have 
like you know you have like extra content at the end so i have like an exclusive interview at the end of this uh, movie that was presented also in uh, in a, in a cine- cinematic in, in a festival uh, a movie festival i think in russia a sci-fi festival and it's called six days on earth and uh, I will advise people to go and check it out. Definitely it was uh, a very interesting uh, movie. But like I said, we were there for this conference and already uh, Baro Venturi started. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.